Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The truth shall make you free. Yes? The teacher said you wanted to see me, Carolyn's teacher. I'm Carolyn's mother. Oh, Mrs. Perkins. That's right. Come in. Come in and sit down. I'm not going to change my mind, so maybe you better save your breath. Sit down, please. I won't take up very much of your time, but it is important. I've already told her teacher Carolyn's going to drop out. Three years is long enough to try. I got six other children, and I need her at home. She's wonderful with the other kids. When she's grown up, some man's going to be very lucky to get my Carolyn, and he won't care whether she can read and write. So she's going to drop out. Do sit down. Just give me a few moments to talk with you. I've said all I have to say. I know. Now be nice enough and let me say what I have to say. All right, but I... Do sit down. All right. You're the principal of this school. That's right. Well, I'm sure you're very educated and all like that, and you set a lot of store by that sort of thing. But my mind's made up. Yes, I do set a great deal of store by that sort of thing, by learning how to read and write a great deal. Well, I don't. It never did me any good. You never got a chance to use it, perhaps. I can read the labels on the cans. That's about all the good it ever did me. But Carolyn may have other ideas. She may want to do something different with her life. Something where reading and writing will be important. Essential, I should say. To you, maybe. Yes, it's very important to me. Well, of course, being a principal of a school, naturally. My job makes it essential. But the thing that makes it important is the fact that my grandmother was a slave. And when she was Carolyn's age, it was forbidden to teach a slave to read or write. Forbidden? There was a law? Yes, there was. 
Well, who'd make such a law? The state where my grandmother lived. Well, that's awful. Yes, it is, isn't it? That people should want to deprive children of an opportunity to learn. Why? Why did they? It was thought that if slaves should learn to read and write, they might read dangerous things. Things that would make them think that there was something wrong with slavery. It were right there. And if they could write as well, they might start spreading the idea. The safest way seemed to be to keep them ignorant and in darkness. I'm not trying to keep my Carolyn ignorant. She's been trying to learn for three years. I know. I've gone over her records. She didn't start school until she was nine. Well, I needed her at home. The other children needed her. We couldn't send her to school before. That's very hard for a child to start school with children who are so much younger than herself. She had a handicap right from the start. Well, I, I needed her. It wasn't until the end of the first year that we found out that Carolyn is nearsighted. I suppose because she's tall, she was always placed at the back of the schoolroom. That was difficult for her and unfair. Mm, and at the end of the year, they held her back. That's hard for a little girl, don't you think, Mrs. Perkins? To be the oldest in the class and the only one to be held back. The other kids teased her, I know that. Her own brothers and sisters teased her, but she didn't mind. Oh, Mrs. Perkins, do you think she really didn't mind? I can't believe that. I think she minded very much. Well, she never seemed to. She never complained or, or said anything. Perhaps by then... Hopelessness had set in. The truly hopeless never seem to mind. They have given up. And there seems to be no point in letting people know you mind. Because there is no hope that anything will be done. She went back to school. I let her go back. Yes, yes, she went back. But hopelessly. Quite sure that she would fail again. And that's what happened. Yes, that's what happened. And now I'm asking her to try again. And I'm asking you to let her try again. Why? Why does she have to go through all that again? She can stay home with me. I need her there. She doesn't have to learn to read or write. Your grandmother never learned to oh, read or but write. but she did. My grandmother learned to read and write very well. But how could she when it was against the law? I'd like to tell you, if I may, if you have the time to listen. Go ahead, tell me. When my grandmother was about Carolyn's age, she was given to the young lady of the house, Miss Eugenia Acock, as a birthday present. Callie? Callie? Oh, Callie! Yes, Miss Eugenia? Callie, I have got such a headache. Where's my spirits of camphor? They're all used up, Miss Eugenia. Oh, no. Well, you want me to rub your head for you? Yes. Do, please. That's nice. That's good. Oh, Callie, what sweet, soft hands you have. Well, I never was a field hand, Miss Eugenia. No, thank goodness. Because I asked for you. Did you know that? No, Miss Eugenia, I didn't know that. Well, I did. Because you're so sweet. And so willing and smart, too. Oh, you're fooling, Miss Eugenia. No, I am not fooling. 
I've heard you, the way you talk to the other black folks and the way you catch on so fast. Well, I'm sure glad you asked for me, Mrs. Gina. You'll be with me forever and ever, Callie, even when I get married. Callie, I do believe you drove my headache away. <laughs> Whatever would I do without you? Find another Callie, I expect. Never. There is no other Callie. Remember that. There is no other Callie. You are you, and there is no one exactly like you. Never has been, and never will be. Now, you say it. There is no other Callie. <laughs> Come on. There is no other Callie. Just me. That's right. That's what I say to myself every night. There is no other Eugenia Acock. I say it over and over every oh, night. Yes. yes, I do. Sometimes I write it down. You ought to do that. That way it'll stick in your mind. Oh, I couldn't do that. Of course you could. It isn't anything wrong. You just write, there is no other Callie. And there I you are. Well, I can't write, Mrs. Zena. Why can't you write? I can't write, that's all. Nobody I know can write. Well, you can read, can't you? No, Mrs. Zena. How old are you? Sixteen. Sixteen? Yeah. Well, I could read and write when I was seven. Yes, so. Nobody ever taught you. <laughs> Who would teach me? Well, I don't know. Somebody. Nobody going to teach me to read or write. I will. You? Well, why not? I've got plenty of time till my fiancé comes back from his trip. Of course I'll teach you. Would you like me to? Oh, boy, I'll be the only black person I know who can read and write. We'll do it. Bring me a book. Oh, yes, Mrs. Zena. After all, if you're going to work for me after I'm married, you'll have to know how to read and write. There'd be so many things I'd want done, letters and oh, notes. And... Here, 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 here's the Bible. Oh, well, not what I learned to read out of, but let's start right away, shall we? <laughs> yes, miss. Holy Bible. That's what it says here on the cover. Holy Bible. Now, holy is spelled H-O-L-Y. You understand? No, Mrs. Hina. You know what the alphabet is, don't you? No, miss. Mm. But it's 26 letters. 26 letters. And you put them together to make words. All of them? No, Callie. Only as many as you need. Look, look here. Holy has four letters and Bible has five. See that? Mm. These two are alike, huh? Very good. That's an L. An L. Right. Wow. <laughs> Callie, I think we should start at the beginning and teach you the alphabet. All the letters. Like L? Mm-hmm, like L. But L comes out about the middle. Mm-hmm. I have to teach you all the letters in front of it and all that come after. Mm-hmm. Now, A. That's the first letter. A, first letter. Then B. B. Then C. Then C. Then D. Then D. Hey, Miss Gina, listen to me. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Listen now, wait a minute, Mr. Gina, please listen. Z X Y Z W B U T S R O P O M N L K J I N G. Callie, listen to me. F E D C D A backwards, forwards, and back, sideways. 
I can say the whole outfit backwards and forwards. Callie, it seems I have been very wrong. That's not the alphabet, Miss Eugenia? Oh, yes, yes, that's the alphabet, all right, but... Well, listen, I, I thought you'd be pleased. Oh, Callie, I am pleased. I started all night, every night. I, I know. I went to... Callie, I know someone hurt you. And someone told my father, and he is very angry. He doesn't like me to know the alphabet? Callie, it's against the laws of the state for you to know. Against the law? That's what my father just told me. I didn't know it myself. Oh, why should it be against the law to know the alphabet? I don't know. It just is. You know the alphabet. Yes, but it's different for me. You're allowed and, and I'm not allowed. Is, is that it? Well, yes. Why? Well, because... Because why, Miss Eugenia? It's the law. Hmm. Is it because I'm a slave? Because I'm black and I'm a slave? Well, is, I, is, is it just slaves that aren't allowed to, to learn the alphabet? Is it? Well, Callie, it, it is. Is it? Yes. Just slaves. Because they're slaves. I guess so. What other reason could there be, Miss Eugenia? No other reason, I guess. Well, I already know it. They can't take it out of my head because it's already in my head. They can kill me, but so long as I'm alive, it's in my head and it's going to stay in my head and nobody can get it out because it's there. And I know it backwards and forwards, the whole alphabet. And some one of these days I'm to find out what all those letters look like. I already know H and O and L and Y and B and I and E. And someday, sometime, I'm going to know them all. Callie, listen And when me. I know them all, I'm going to figure out how they go together to make words. And when I know that, I'm going to know how they go with each other in sentences. And then I'm going to get a book. Callie, and then I'm going to get another book. And I'm going to get a, and I'm going to get another book. And I'm going to read all the books I can find. And if anybody tries to stop Callie, me, listen. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them if they try to stop me. <laughs> anybody tries to stop me. Callie, you stop that this minute. I tell you to stop it. Why? Why can't I be allowed? I've been good. I've been as good as I know how. I work all the time as good as I know how. I don't make trouble. Why can't I be allowed? I learned that whole alphabet. Why can't it's I? all right. Now, Callie, you're going to learn. I promise you. You are my friend, and I'm going to see that you learn to read and write. You mean that? I mean it. Only we're going to have to be very careful. This will be a great secret between you and me. Because of your father. A secret from everyone. Now, to start with, I'm going to tell my father that I need you to sleep in my room because... Because I've been having nightmares. He'll believe that, because sometimes I do. And then after everyone has gone to bed, you and me, we'll study. We'll, we'll study A, 
and D, and D, and D, and E, and F, and G. that St. Teresa died. That was the great St. Teresa of Avila, you know, Callie. St. Teresa of Jesus, I know. Yes, now go on reading, Callie. For six years more, Anne remained quietly at Avila. Avila, and then a great change came into her life. Important people in Paris were anxious to introduce the barefooted Carmelites into France and they applied for some Spanish nuns to help in making a foundation. Good. Six nuns set out from Spain, and among them was Anne of St. Bartholomew. When they arrived in Paris and the court was welcoming them, Anne slipped into the kitchen to prepare a meal. Did you know Anne was illiterate? She was one of the sisters who did humble work. I know, I know. She did the cooking and cleaning, all those things. But now, wait, wait, but you got to listen, Miss Regina, to what happened next. Wait till you hear. Come on, you read very well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Listen to what happened now. now. Her superiors, however, had decided that St. Teresa's chosen companion was fitted for higher work, and shortly afterwards, Anne found herself among the nuns who chanted the... P Psalms. Psalms in in, in in choir. How wonderful. And how unusual. No, wait, 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 Miss Eugenia. That's not all. Wait till I read you what happened next. When Anne had made her profession, she had signed with a simple cross. But now, now listen to this, Miss Eugenia. I'm listening, Kelly. I am listening. Now, according to the best authorities, she found herself miraculously able to write. Oh. Damn, Miss Eugenia. What do you think about that, huh? Wonderful. <laughs> That's truly wonderful. Because it was against the rules of the Carmelite order, you know, for sisters who were not choir nuns to be taught to read and write. I know, I know. But that was 300 years ago, Callie, in the 16th century. You know that. It's not so anymore. Only with slaves. Isn't that so, Miss Eugenia? Callie, I told my husband last night what I had done with you, what you and I had done. What we had done together. You mean the reading? Yes. He knows I can read. Yes. And he is very pleased. You mean that? (laughs) He likes me to read. He thinks it's a very fine thing. He doesn't like the idea of people working for him who can't read. As a matter of fact, he doesn't like the idea of anyone not being able to read. Oh, neither do I. (laughs) <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> the thing is, Miss Eugenia, why there's so much to read. Yes. I mean, it goes on forever and ever, doesn't it? Just the mm. books in this house, I haven't read half those yet. And sometimes I look at the ones I haven't read and wonder to myself, what's in those books? What do they want to tell me? And it's as if they were uh, just um, entreating me. <laughs> To open them up and read what's inside them, because after all, somebody did write each and every one of those books, and whoever did that must have wanted somebody to read what he's written now. Don't you think so? Oh, I think so. Must be very hard to write a book. Don't you think so? Yes, I do think so. Hmm. I like to write a book. What about? 
Mm, I don't know. Maybe about what it's like to be a slave. What it's like to learn to read. Yeah, about you, maybe. Me? What would you write about me? Well, about how you picked me out to teach and how I was the only slave on your father's plantation that, that could read. <clears throat> I'd like to write that. Nobody knows I did that except you and me. Now your husband knows. Yeah. And he doesn't mind. No, he doesn't mind. Hmm. Maybe, uh, do you think maybe someday nobody will mind that black people can read and even write, maybe? Oh, I suppose, maybe. You know, I heard that up north. Even now, there are some black people who can read and write. Some of them have wrote very well-known things. Yes, I have heard that. So, um, don't you think, Miss Eugenia, that, um... You should teach me to write. Why, you sly little thing, you. Is that what you've been trying to get at, all those pretty words about writing a book about me, all that sweet talking stuff? All that was just to get me to teach you how to write? Well, don't you think you should, Miss Eugenia? Maybe I should. I think you should, Miss Eugenia. <laughs> you know why I think you should? Why? Why should I? Because then you'd be a saint. Like St. Teresa. I would. How do you make that out? Shall I tell you? Of course you should tell me. Well, this is what I think, Miss Eugenia. When Anna St. Bartholomew all of a sudden could write, when the miracle happened in Paris, when she became a choir nun, I, I think what happened was... You think what? I think she could read and write all the time. You mean it wasn't a miracle? I don't think it was a miracle at all. I think the good St. Teresa taught her to read and write. Callie, it could be, I suppose. They say she was St. Teresa's secretary, you know. Yes, they do. Well, and how could she be that if she couldn't read or write? True. Right. Now, I think St. Teresa liked to have her around, and St. Teresa thought she was a bright little thing. And even though it was against the rules of the Order of St. Teresa, just decided that she would teach Anne of St. Bartholomew how to read mm. and how to write, see? Mm. She just plain took things into her own hands and taught her. That's what I think. You do, do you? Yes, I do. Some people are just naturally so good and so intelligent, they... Want others to share in their knowledge and goodness. St. Teresa was like that. And you want me to be like St. Teresa. And that's why you're sweet-talking me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're already on the way to being like her, Miss Eugenia. Hmm. I can read. You just have to teach me the other part. How to write. I wonder if St. Anne pestered St. Teresa the way you are pestering me. <laughs> oh, most likely she did. All right. Go get a copy book and some pencils from the children's room. We'll start right now. Oh, boy. Oh, Miss Eugenia. You're a sainted lady. I mean it. Oh, I am. Oh, I mean it. Mm -hmm. Oh, now don't go away. Please, I'll be right back. Don't go away now. I won't go away, my aunt of St. Bartholomew. I won't go away. Never fear. I will not go away.
And that's how my grandmother learned to read and write. That's a wonderful story, Mrs. Ford. I think so. Now, Mrs. Perkins, I'm retiring at the end of the term. You won't be principal anymore? I've already overstayed my time. But I've been thinking what I'll do with my life, what's left of it. And while I was telling you about my grandmother and about Anne of St. Bartholomew, I had an idea. I think I'd like to teach reading and writing to youngsters who are having difficulty, like Carolyn. I have a nice little apartment. Suppose she came to me for an hour each day after school. I think we could solve her difficulty. Between us, we could do that. What do you think? Maybe. I'll ask her. Mrs. Perkins, I'm deeply convinced that when people live in darkness and ignorance, they are enslaved by their ignorance. The first step towards freedom is education. And from education come the true values of life and its meaning. Do you recall the words of our Lord in the Gospel of St. John? If you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymoor. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymoor. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you 
and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.